Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode eight of Chasing Banners. I am your host, Dante Toro, a.k.a. Dante on Deck. You can follow me on Twitter, at Dante on Deck. And for the eighth straight episode, I am joined by the one and the only, Ryan Sheehan. Ryan, what's up, my dude? Nothing, Dante. Yet again, here we are. And uh, this is the Walkers episode. Shout out Antoine and Kemba Walker. And also, number eight is my favorite number. So, so far, this might be my favorite episode just because of the number. But I'm so psyched to be doing this with you again, and I'm ready to get into it, talk some Celtics. Yeah, absolutely, man. Shout out to the Walkers. Shout out Tuan. Shout out Kemba. Uh, fun fact, when Kemba Walker won to pick number eight, he asked Antoine Walker for his permission, for his blessing. And I think that was uh, – for anyone that has an old Antoine Walker jersey and didn't have to get a brand-new Kemba Walker jersey, you are – one lucky SOB because that is uh that's pretty cool. No, yeah, that's a uh, free Kemba Walker jersey right there. It really is. It has the throwback feel to it too. So it's like it's not like a modern day one. It's not like a Nike. It's just like you know, just a sick little piece of memorabilia to have. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I know what you mean. So we have a few things to talk about today. Uh, kind of like. I mean, not too many new things. We're still kind of in limbo right now. We're just waiting to see. Uh, we're waiting for the season to start, waiting to see if the season even starts. Uh, that's a topic for a different day. But we have a few things to talk about, one of them being Gordon Hayward saying that he will leave the Celtics. Um, he will leave the Orlando bubble in September when his wife uh, gives birth to their fourth child. This is all... Also, like, you know, if the Celtics are even playing at that point, if, uh, if the Celtics are playing, it would be around the time of the Eastern Conference Finals. So Gordon Hayward would miss a handful of games around then. He wouldn't miss as much time as people, I think, uh, would think he would. Because So if you test positive for the coronavirus and you have, you're asked to leave or you're asked to isolate, it's a whole process as far as getting more tests done. Like you have to get tested multiple times to see that you're negative before you can come back. In this case, Gordon Hayward would be given permission to leave and he would only have to quarantine. I believe four days is the, is the, uh, is the timetable that he'd have to quarantine for. Cause he'd have to go obviously be with his family. Then before he can step back into the bubble has to get tested a few times to, you know, make sure that he can step back in. But Gordon Hayward uh, says that he would not, he would 100% leave. He said that uh, there'll be a time if and when we're down there and she's going to have the baby. I'm for sure going to be with her. We'll have to cross the bridge when we get there. And he says, it's a pretty easy decision for me on that. I've been at the birth of every one of my children. I think there are more important things in life. And, you know, I applaud Gordon Hayward for doing this. I mean, the biggest thing with a lot of these players going to Orlando besides, you know, risking your health and getting sick is that you're going to be away from your family for an extended amount, extended period of time, even though family members will be allowed to come in, I believe after the first round up until then, that's a good month away from your family, your wife, your kids and all of that. So that's already been a big issue for NBA players and for him to want to, you know, step aside from all this, even if the team is in the Eastern Conference Finals, to just be with his family. Because like you said, there are more important things in life. I applaud him for that. I remember someone said that on my Twitter. He was like, you know, Gordon Hayward, he'd get absolutely, like, roasted. People would hate him if that happened. I was like, listen, like, if anyone hates Gordon Hayward for leaving the bubble to be with his family, like, that's a shame on them. Like, it really is. Like, he has three girls, and he's going to have a boy. This guy has been trying to have a son – for years, and he's Less. finally, it's finally going to happen. The guy deserves to be with his wife and kids for that. So I have no issue with it. Um, the Celtics, the Celtics have been without their core five. Uh, Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, and Marcus Smart have only played together for 13 out of the 64 games this year. So it's like this isn't anything that's new to Boston. I mean, Gordon Hayward has had injuries all year round. And we're, we're going to actually talk about that in a little bit. But Gordon Hayward's had injuries all year round. So it's just kind of like, this isn't going to be anything new. Like they're going to be used, they're used to playing without him. They'll be able to handle being without him. 
even though, you know, he's had a great year, 17 points, six rebounds, four assists a game. He's done great things for Boston coming off of last year. So obviously he will be missed. I'm not trying to downplay that, but family comes first and I believe the Celtics will be fine. Uh, Ryan, what's your take on all of this? I have zero issue with it. I believe if you want to be there to see the birth of your son or even if it wasn't his son, just another daughter, which would be hilarious. Oh, that would be tough. <laughs> it would have been so funny if that happened. But there's no issue with it, man. Like, Gordon Haywood should be able to go be with his family without being condemned for it. Why, why would anyone want to miss the birth of their child? It's probably the best day of their lives to, to witness that. And if he does leave and that does happen, which I think it will because I believe the Celtics will go that far, I think they'll be fine. They have enough talent around them where they can hold off for a little bit if he is able to come back where they can go on a little bit of a run. Like we could see, again, I've been talking about it on a lot lot of the episodes and I even tweeted about it today. I believe Jalen Brown is going to come out hot and I believe he's going to do very well this postseason. So if it's Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Kemba Walker, and plus Marcus Smart being there to along the way to help, I have no issue with that. He should be able to go there and see his son be born. I have zero issue at all. And shame on those people if he does get roasted. Like, come on, man. Come on. Those are the people that, like, just care more about their sports teams, like, being successful, and they don't care about the people that are – on that team you know what I mean it's just they don't care about them as a person what they're going through personally and like I said earlier like it's hard enough for these players to be separated from their families for so long like I can't imagine just like missing the birth of your kid or just like something serious happens with your family and you just don't go because you're going to continue to play basketball like even if this was any other situation that would happen and going off of I was saying earlier he'd only miss a handful of games really Uh, Going by the schedule, he said that he said, um, I know the NBA has a protocol for that type of thing, and hopefully I can do the quarantining and testing the appropriate amount of time and then be back with the boys. So he fully expects to return after going to see uh, the birth of his kid. It's not something that he's going to go and that's it for him. Like he's going to go, he's going to come back. I mean, if I, I don't know, I mean, I obviously can't see into the future, but what can I, I can imagine happening is he is there the day of, he is there the day after, and then he will travel back. And like I said, it's a four day quarantine period for people that um, have permission to leave. Uh, So at that point, he'd probably only miss like two, three games, three games max, probably. I don't know where that would lie on. I don't know if it would be like after game one, then it's like two, three, four, it's one, two, three. I don't know what it would be, but if the Celtics make it that far, Gordon Hayward will leave. He said he will come back. And a motto that the Celtics have always had is next man up. I mean, like I said, they've had injuries all year round. If Hayward's gone, that just means Tatum's going to step up, Jalen's going to step up, Kemmer's going to step up. All three of those guys average over 20 points a game. So, I mean, I think we'll be in pretty good hands. And I think it's a good move by Gordon Hayward. It just shows, like, I, I don't know if he's – like, I don't even think he sees it as this, but – He's being a good role model in general. Mm-hmm. Like, people have to be reminded that life comes first and sports come second. It's not always about our precious sports that we all love and everything like that. I understand it because sports have been my whole life and I miss it dearly. But life does come first, man. There is stuff that comes in the way. And if honestly, if anyone does have anything against that, then I mean, I can't change your thought process on that, I guess. I mean, that's just who you are, and that's how it's going to be. But he's doing the right thing. It is the right thing to do. And if he is only missing two or three games, we've seen them go two or three, a little more than two or three games without Gordon Hayward. Mm -hmm. So I I wouldn't have an issue uh, with him missing two or three games. Yeah, I mean, we're we're the biggest sports fans there are, and we want to see – our teams we want to see our Celtics do well in the postseason but when I saw this news about Gordon Hayward saying he wanted to leave there was not uh there was not a bone in my body that was upset about him what that was upset about him wanting to leave because that's just you know I'm not I'm obviously not a husband I'm not a father but I can imagine if that was in his shoes I would do the same exact thing so it would be unfair for people like us to criticize him or say anything 
in a negative way towards that. So I applaud Gordon Hayward. I'm happy that he is going to do that. Hopefully, hey, hopefully the Celtics make it that far. That That's the problem that we have to deal with. You know what I mean? Yep. So we'll see what happens there. That's in September. His wife is due, so that's months away from now. Uh, but staying on the topic of Gordon Hayward, he was uh, in the same call. He was talking about this, and he was talking about other issues as well, as far as uh, as well as continuing to deal with soreness and nerve issues in his left foot. And and he's had this is the same foot that you know he had that awful awful injury on back in 2017. Missed the entire year came back last year, just wasn't himself, even though he was physically 100% or at least close to 100%, mentally he wasn't there. Um, and that's something that he uh, talked about, saying that mentally he has gotten – I mean, he is there mentally. But physically, there is still some issues that he has not has yet to resolve with the foot. And when they asked him, like, you know, why, he goes, I wish I had an answer for that. Um, he thinks it relates to the injury that he had he said he's been training pretty much this whole quarantine, uh, not full go, obviously, because he hasn't had a court the whole time. But he's been trying to stay fit, and he's been resting, but at the same time, he hasn't been resting. Um, he's just kind of been maintaining his uh, himself and his fitness. Um, he says he's feeling great, but it's just his foot is still a little sore, and he says it, it is what it is. Um you know, I'm, I'm, I, I always kind of bring up the line, it is what it is, you know, it like, is what it is. It is what it is. There's just some things you just got to say that for, but like, listen, I mean, this hap- this injury happened almost three years ago and he's still having some issues with it. He's still feeling some pain. Obviously it's something he can play through. He said, this is something that he's been dealing with all year. Um, I mean, which, I mean, I've kind of heard little things here and there about it, but I mean, knowing that he's had this, it's still been bothering him kind of is worrisome. Like not just, although he can play on it. Like I just said, like he's comfortable playing. He's obviously, that's not something that's holding him back. It kind of makes you think like, you know, long-term, like how is this going to continue to affect him as he ages and has he racks on more miles onto his body when he keeps playing? Um, Ryan, does this like, does hearing this concern you in any way? Like just looking forward to his future? Well, I've always been worried about his future. I've said it before. It's if, if this continues, I, his injury prone issues, I don't know how you can keep him around on the team. And it's not to take away from the player he is and the hard work that he's put in and all that stuff, because we've seen it in his transition from where he started to where he is now is completely different. Like he wasn't even jumping last year. And then halfway through the season, he started dunking all that stuff. Yeah. He was afraid to even take off of that foot last year. Yeah, you can exactly. Even, you can tell he was hesitating. Yeah. All the time. And to where he is now, it's a great change, but this is something that's always going to be an issue for him now because mentally he might be there physically. It's going to last on him. It's just one of those injuries. I feel like that's going to have a permanent mark left on him. He's never, I feel like he might say he is a hundred percent, but this injury will continue to hurt him. So he'll never be a hundred percent. If you, if you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So it's just like, it does concern me because yes, like he's getting better again, but this thing will linger. And if he's starting to miss more and more games as he ages, as he gets older, then you're really going to be like, uh, okay, so what are we going to do about this situation? You can't really fix it. But at the same time, we can't really do anything about it. Um, but, <laughs> like, it, it's just one of those things. You either keep him around and you're aware of the, the what's it called, the consequences that come along with it, or you trade him away or get rid of him and you get someone better back that probably doesn't have injury issues and you can rely on. It's not that you can't rely on Gordon Hayward. It's just that his injury holds him back that much. And it's unfortunate that it's still an issue. Uh, But again, I think this is going to be an injury that he will never see leave his side. It will always be there. It really is unfortunate, dude, because like, before Hayward came to Boston, he was an all-star in Utah. He was he was a stud. Like, he was just an absolute stud. And even now, I mean, this past season, as a fourth option averaging 17, uh, what was it, six and four, like, he was 
doing pretty damn well as a fourth option. And it's just like, you know, the injury that he had was just so catastrophic. Probably one of the worst sports injuries like we have ever witnessed. I remember when it happened. Like, I mean, we're going back to 2017 here. But I remember when it happened, dude, like I legit was just like in shock when it initially happened. Like it was just like, you know, they just got Kyrie or they signed Hayward. They had they just drafted Tatum. Jalen Brown was, uh, you know, he was starting now. He was going to make that jump. And then first game of the year, six minutes in, the dude just goes down and just absolutely wrecks his foot. And it's just – it's not – I mean, all this stuff that happens to him, like what happened last season, what's just happened to him over the years, is not his fault whatsoever. I put out a tweet the other day. It was the three-year anniversary of him signing with Boston. People were like, it was a big mistake. Like, he didn't deserve the money, this and that. I'm like, listen, when Boston signed him, he absolutely deserved the money. He, 100%. Like, when we signed him on that 4th of July, bro, I remember, like, just freaking out. Like, I was so hyped because the year before we got Al Horford, and that was, like, the biggest free agent signing in Boston for, like, in the past, like, 20, 30 years. And the year <laughs> after, we get another Max player, and it's just, like, damn, like, we're looking good now. And like, then we obviously trade for Kyrie and it was just like, this team is going to be good. And then, you know, he went down with the injury and yeah, people forget people have, uh, they don't have, uh, they have short term memory. They don't remember how good he was and why the Boston Celtics signed him for that contract. If they knew he was going to go down game one and all this was going to happen, they wouldn't have signed him. No one would have signed him. That's just the absolute truth, but it's just, they couldn't see into the future at that point. Coming, Gordon Hayward coming into Boston, he was going to be the second best player. He was going to be right behind Kyrie. He was going, or Isaiah, when they signed him, he was going to be the second best behind Isaiah. But ultimately, he was going to be the second best player, the second scoring option. And, you know, things changed. And fortunately enough for him, I mean, although last year sucked, 2018 season sucked, he has, he has recovered from the injury. He has bounced back as well as you – absolutely could imagine someone bouncing back from that injury. So I think he did. I mean, us, I mean, me and you hear it all the time. Boston fans just absolutely give him so much slack for just like the way he plays and everything. And it's just like, the guy doesn't deserve it. He, he had no control over what happened to him. No, he didn't have any control what happened to him. And you're a hundred percent right. We can always agree on this. That contract, he a hundred percent earned it. It's just like, there's so many what could have been's in this world, and he's probably the biggest what could have been if that injury didn't happen and what could have happened if everyone came together and just united all that and all that stuff. But, you know, it, it's, it's unfortunate. You don't expect it to happen. That's the risk you take with the contract. And the people that don't agree with it, you just have to look. Read between the lines. See what happened. You, I don't get it. Like, it's just – that's not an average injury. You don't no. just get that injury. I, I, don't, I, I don't know why people don't understand that. When I say it's one of the worst sports injuries, like, we've ever witnessed, like, I don't mean that just because it happened to a Celtic player. Like, if that ha- – like, that is literally just the way- – I'm not try- I'm not going to, like, get into it because it was just a disgusting thing. But just the way it all happened and the way, you know, he landed and just everything with his ankle, like, that isn't supposed to happen. It's not like no. he – he tore something, he broke a bone, like, he completely, like, you know, just ruined his ankle, and that, it reminds you of, you know, Paul George, when he was on Team USA, Kevin Ware, remember him in the NCAA? Yep. Like, his little bone came out of his, his leg, like, oh my gosh, like, that stuff you think about, and it, like, Kevin Ware, I mean, I don't think he was really that high-ranked of a prospect, but he never really came back. Paul George, it took him well over a year he I think he Nurkic Nurkic uh Nurkic he had a similar injury yeah and he hasn't come back yet obviously the season's been suspended but I don't think he's going to be back for um for the Orlando game so we're not going to see him for a while I mean no man it's just like those types of injuries like people can't like they can't put that in the same light as like a, a generic ankle injury or like a torn muscle or whatever it may be like it, it's just apples and oranges and that's he, why it's, it's, that's just why people like shouldn't give him as much slack as they do. It's just like, you know, you, you, you let that happen to yourself and you tell me if you're going to be the same after I, that. I was about to say that you completely have to learn how to walk again. It's not seriously, that easy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not even the physical part. It's the mental part. You know, again, 
Did you, how, did you see how far he went from when he first started playing again through the end of that season? It was remarkable, remarkable hit the progress that he had made. And people still condemn him for it. Like, come on, guys. You have to read between the lines. That's not an everyday injury. An everyday injury, I mean, I guess you could say ACL because it's, it's, it's more not, common. A, it's a more common injury. Breaking your ankle or, like, your thumb, or like – those are common. Having your leg snapped off, like looking the other way. Yeah. You're telling me that's normal? It's not an easy injury to come back from. It's, it's an injury that takes a while. And it took him a while. And now he's getting back into it. And now he's like, I don't know if he'll ever be the same player again, but he's still good. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, absolutely. He's, what, 17 a game this year? Yeah. Like, at one point, he was averaging almost 20. At the beginning of the year, before he broke his hand, he was playing like an all-star. He came out hot right out of the gate. He had a right. 39 against the Cavs, one of the first games of the year, and he, it was like all two-pointers. Well, he had like shot 16 for 16 from two. Like The guy was, the guy was back. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. as back as back could be. Um, and you said that was, that was the worst, too, when he came back. And like, he just, like, like, like he, he's finally starting to get hot, and you're like, oh, my God, this is awesome. And then that happens. That's just, that's just our luck. That's just his luck. That's just the Celtics' luck. I mean, it's just all year long they were plagued with injuries. It's like the past two, three years they've been plagued with injuries. And it's just like that, those types of things hold, hold them back. And it's just – you said earlier, like, it's just like a what if, like what could have been type of thing. Like if Gordon Hayward was healthy that year – who knows? They could have made it farther than the Game 7 Eastern Conference. But that'll segue us to our next topic because although we don't know what could have happened if Gordon Hayward didn't play, we do know what happened because Gordon Hayward didn't play. And that is Jason Tatum got a much bigger opportunity because Gordon Hayward had a, you know, he was out the all year. Jason Tatum had to step up. And during that playoff, you know, during that year, he showed up as a rookie average 14 points a game for uh, seven rebounds. And then the playoffs come around Kyrie Irving uh, out for the entire postseason, And Jason Tatum basically turned into the number one scoring option on that team as a rookie, 19 year old rookie taking them to game seven of the Eastern conference finals. And what I'm going to start getting into now is on the jump today, Scotty Pippen had a lot of high praise for Jason Tatum. He was asked the question, do you think Jason Tatum is already now capable of carrying that play of carrying that best player on a championship team title? So does he think Jason Tatum can be the best player on a championship team? And Scotty Pippen responded to Rachel Nichols goes, Rachel, I really do. I think this has been a breakout season for Tatum. He started out this season sort of on a mission to separate himself from the other players who've grown and developed, as well as really showing some leadership by becoming an all-star this season. His scoring has really started to peak right there before the season was paused. He again separated himself a little bit from the other players to show he was going to be the go-to guy, the offensive leader for that team. I think if this team is to make a run, it has to rely on Tatum's ability to carry them offensively, and I feel like he's totally ready. Now, coming from a six-time NBA champion, someone that had played alongside the greatest player to ever step on a basketball court, that says a lot. That it really does. And he's talking about, um, you know, he wanted to separate himself as the old players who've grown and developed. Last year, people expected him to make that jump. They saw his playoff run fresh uh, his rookie year, and the next season came along, and he didn't really make the jump. He, his statistics got a little bit better. He went up two points, still didn't um, – you know, wasn't what we were expecting. And then, you know, things changed in the off season. New players came in, players left. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Jason Tatum is averaging nearly 24 points a game, uh, seven rebounds a game, three assists, one steal, one block, shoots 49% from the field and 40% from three. He has shown in the past that he can be the number one scoring option, can be the leader of a championship contending team. And he proved that his rookie year at the age of 19, he averaged 18 and a half points, four rebounds, three assists, one steal a game while shooting. Uh, his percentages aren't that great. 47% from the field, 32% from three. But even with those, even with those averages, he still put up 18 a game. Now that he's 22 years old, much more developed, much more mature. has that all-star 
Um, he has that on uh, being an all-star is that that is now on his resume. And also not for nothing. We say that he can be a leader on a championship team. He doesn't have to do it alone. He's not, he, he has more than enough help. He has two other guys that are averaging 20 points a game and Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker and Gordon Hayward. I mean, if he's there most of the playoffs, we'd mentioned his stats earlier as a fourth option. I'm going to ask you the question, Ryan, do you think Jason Tatum can be the best player on a championship team now and going forward in the future? Well, I would have said yes if the season didn't end, but since we had such an abrupt ending, it's really tough for me to say with confidence, yes, that he would. It's just, it's just, I don't, I don't know if I can say right now, like this year, I think, mm-hmm. I think collectively they will, they can win. I think collectively they will win. I don't know who's going to be the best player coming out. I still think it's going to be Jalen Brown. That's just my opinion. But in the future, even next year, yes. Are you kidding me? Yes. If Jason Tatum's the best player on his team, he has his potentials through the the atmosphere. I, I don't even know, dude. It's it's above <laughs> and no beyond. Woman. Yeah, it's it's above and beyond, man. He definitely has that potential. I think he can win as the best player. It's just like right now, with everything going on, all the uncertainty, I I can't say. 100% yes with confidence. So no. No right now, I don't think he can. Just because how the season ended, the run he was on was incredible. And if it continued, yeah. If you had asked me that and the season didn't end, yeah. But an abrupt ending, all that time off, not touching the ball, all that, no. Yeah, there's a lot of factors that you have to play into this. And I agree with you in the sense like right now, as a 22-year-old, he can be the top scorer for this team. He can be all of that. I just think the way the season's going to come back. Do I have confidence the Celtics are – do I have confidence that the Celtics can make it as far as the finals? Yes. Do I believe when, – and when the finals start, anything is any, – any, anything could happen when the finals start. Once the two teams are there, anything could happen. Do I have confidence the Celtics can make the finals? Yes. Do I think that Jace Tatum can lead them at this very moment? It's hard to say because it's like – They've been off for a few months. And it's like, you can say this about any team. Like, the only players I really have confidence in, like, and in, in just generally in the NBA that can come in and still lead their team are guys like LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, and even, like, Giannis. Like, those are, like, the only three guys I can, like, especially LeBron. I mean, personally, like, I think, like, LeBron is just going to be on an, on an absolute mission in Orlando, and he's just going to, like, absolutely just go on a tear and really push to get his fourth ring. Um, but that's a topic. That's another uh, discussion for a different time. Um, but collectively, like you said, Jason Tatum, I mean, as a 22-year-old, averaging 24 points a game. He has that all-star nod under his belt. He will most likely make an all-NBA team this year. As he gathers, as he gains more experience, as he gets more accolades to his name, as his confidence be, continues to build up, that's when I believe that we will be able to say Jason Tatum is the leader of a championship contending team. Also, you have to think about what you would consider a championship contending team. Not a lot of people would consider the Celtics a championship contending team right now. They'd consider them being a Eastern Conference contender, which is one thing, and then being a championship contender is a whole nother thing. I personally believe the Celtics are one like key bench piece away, like a solid another score off the bench from being that like up on the same tier as the two LA teams in Milwaukee right now. I think they're just a tier below them. Um, but they're right there. Um, it's just Jason Tatum right now coming back. I mean, we've said this before on a few of our episodes. He didn't touch a basketball. He didn't start shooting until, like, May. Like, he didn't even buy a basketball hoop for until, like, later on into quarantine. Like, that stuff scares me. Like, the fact right. that he wasn't able to practice or get shots up or anything. Uh, granted, Daniel Tice said that when they started coming back, he said Jason Tatum, like, didn't miss. So, I mean, that makes me feel good. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, who knows who they're going to run into in the playoffs? Who knows, like, how they'll look once everything picks up? And at the same time, it's like, yeah, Jace Tam can be on his A game, but it also depends on how his teammates are going to perform. How is Kemba going to perform? You're very high on Jalen Brown, and as am I. But how is Jalen Brown going to perform? There's just a whole lot of factors that tie into it. And just this whole quarantine being away just makes things more difficult for us to predict what we believe is going to happen. 
I think Tatum could have the most points. Yes, he'll be the scorer, but the real leader of that team is going to be Kemba. Yeah, yeah. There's a difference between, you know, who's going to be leading the team in scoring and who's going to be a leader. Although Kemba Walker hasn't made the playoffs that many times, that guy is literally like a born leader. Yep. Like, he, like that's literally Just like, look back he, in his college days. Look back at his college days. Look, even when he was in Charlotte, like he was had some of these. He came <laughs> in. His the year, land of misfit toys. <laughs> rookie year, he was on the Bobcats. And what are they, win like seven, eight, eight games? They even win double-digit games. Oh, my gosh. It stayed around. Like, he still led that team. He kept everyone's, like, confidence up. Like, that's – he's just a high-level, like, confidence guy. He lifts everyone's mor- – like, he wants to, everyone's morale to be high. Like, he just – he's a good guy to be he's, – he's someone that you want on your team to just, like, speak highly. Game one of the year against uh, the 76ers, both him and Jason Tatum couldn't even throw a rock in the ocean, bro. Like, they couldn't hit anything against Philly. And he went up to Tatum, and he was like, keep shooting, bro. Like, just keep going, keep going. Like, that's the type of person he is. And that's something that Jason Tatum Tatum will develop into. He's still young. I mean, listen, he's a 22-year-old. You can't expect him to be – uh, just the most immaculate leader in the world. You can ask him to do things on the offensive end. He can go out and do it. But leading a team is a whole other thing. Like Kemba Walker, even someone like Jalen Brown. I mean, he's, he's had an extra year in the league compared to Jace Tatum. And we know how great of a leader is Jalen. We know how great of a leader Jalen Brown is, not only on the court, but off the court as well. Like vocally, just with everything going on in the world. Like we know what they bring to the table. So right now, Going back to our question, I'm going to agree with you saying I don't think he can be a leader at this very moment. But, you know, over time, absolutely. It's just something he's going to mature and he's going to keep developing. And that's what's going to, that's what's going to separate him from his peers and everyone else in the league for that matter. First, this is truly a team full of leaders. A team mm-hmm. oh, Mark, full of Mark leaders. Oh, smart too. I mean, I didn't mention him, but like – Marcus Smart is the heart and soul of the Celtics. You can say, right. some might even say he's the unofficial captain. Right, right. And I wish he was the captain because I think he deserves it. He's the most pure Celtics player there is. And he's a mini KG. <laughs> like, yeah. if you got the praise of KG, bro, you're good. But second, think about that. Jason Tatum's 22 years old and what? He's experienced 28 postseason games. I'll tell you right now. Yeah, I, I, I believe it's 28. 28 yeah why yeah 28 postseason games so you know this is just even if they don't win it this year the more experience he gets the more uh of a leader he will become and the more he'll get tested to the waters like he's again he's 22 years old he has so much time like it's incredible incredible the amount of time he has the amount of growth he still has he's still on his rookie deal yeah like he has not even reached what he can possibly be yet oh my gosh it's ridiculous he has so much time to become that player that scotty pippen believes he will be i he's saying right now i don't think it's right now again i don't i don't think it's this year but down the line oh my gosh this kid is gonna be something special for this team and he will be that guy. He will. No, absolutely. It's not like uh, it's not like one of those things too. It's like where we're gonna lose this year. And it's like oh my gosh, like the window's closing. Like we're not gonna have many years left. Like yeah, I mean we don't have many great years uh, with Kemba and Hayward. I guess you can say. But when it comes to guys like Jason and Jalen, like this is only the beginning for them. Like we might not win it all this year, but you can bet your ass that they're gonna keep coming back year after year for the next four or five years. At least, you know, while they're contractly obliged to be in Boston, after that, we'll see what happens. But at least for the next four or five years, like, obviously, staying healthy and everything is the biggest thing that's going to set them back if that happens. So it's just there's so much room for Jason and Jalen to grow. Um, But, you know, I'll I'll absolutely take the compliment from Scottie Pippen saying that right now he believes he can be the leader. I mean, like I said, he played it with the GOAT. He knows a goat when he sees one. So, I mean, we'll take it. And kind of uh, going into, we kind of talked about, we brought him up a little bit. We're going to talk about Jalen Jalen Brown for a little bit. And Jalen Brown basically was talking about how his decision to return to Orlando and how he wants to continue to use his voice to continue to advocate 
and to continue to spread his message about what's going on in the world. He said uh, today, my decision was to play just because I felt like it's bigger than me and it's bigger than my family and it's bigger than all of us. People have died for the opportunity to be able to shed light and speak on certain causes. The least I can do is play basketball. Um, and another uh, issue that he had too, uh, you know, the NBA announced that, that they are allowing players to put messages on the back of their jerseys instead of their names. And Jalen Brown actually said that he was very disappointed by the approved list of messages that players can have on the back of their jerseys. I guess the NBA um, has only given them like a, a list of things that they can use. It's not like, oh, you can just come in. I'm sure they would have had to have gotten, you know, it would have had to have been accepted and stuff. Anyways, like you can't just show up and just say like, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but there's a lot of, he's disappointed by the list that they approved already. And he's hopeful that the league can still make adjustments. And some of his suggestions that he believe uh, should be added to the list are break the cycle results and inequality by design. I mean, those are just three. Uh, those that'd, are just, be, that'd be sick on the back of his jersey. Inequality by design. Yeah, I mean, listen. That would be sick. Yeah, Jalen cool. Brown. Jalen Brown. And Ennis Cantor said it too. I'm trying to find the quote. Ennis right now. Cantor wanted to put freedom, I believe. And yeah, he did. I saw that. Ennis Cantor said a few days ago about Jalen Brown. What he's doing off the court is way bigger than on the court. I'm very proud of him. I know what it's like to fight for justice and freedom. So I told him, "You got all my support. If you need anything, please let me know." Like. We've said this before a few episodes ago. Jalen Brown is just like as great of a basketball player he is, is an even greater person. And what he will do off the court during his lifetime will far exceed anything that he will do on a basketball court. It's unbelievable. That, it says a lot because he's going to do a lot as an NBA player. And just the fact that he's not afraid to speak out, say these things. And, you know, even though. He's hesitant. He was hesitant about joining the bubble. He even said that a lot of Celtics players were hesitant to do it. But obviously, you know, they're going all in now. The fact that he's still, you know, going to go all in and use his voice, he's going to continue to use his voice to spread the message of inequality, of what everything that's going to racial, social injustice, what's going on in the world. Like, I've already had a, an enormous amount of respect and love for Jalen Brown, but it's just stuff like this man that just makes me so happy that he is, that he's a Boston Celtic because like, he's just, he's, he's just a great human being. I mean, there's no way to really go around it. He's just an amazing human being. He is an amazing human being. And I literally have to agree every time you say that it, what he'll do off the court will completely exceed what he does on the court. And it just shows how amazing that is. Like you think about how good of a basketball he can be. No, basketball – wow, basketball. <laughs> he's going to be a great basketball. He's going to be a great thing to dribble. <laughs> you, think, uh, you think of a, how good of a basketball player he can be, and I think he will be, but you even think about what he can do off the court, and you're like, wow, this guy's potential is just out of here. Like, he's both. He's, he's superhuman. But I, I, I absolutely love Jalen Brown, man. The way – his voice is the strongest thing. Probably in the NBA. I think, like, LeBron's voice is big, and he has a big audience. But Jalen Brown, man, he catches the attention of everyone. And he's so proper, and he's so serious, and he's just so passionate about what he does. And that's really what you need on this team. And, again, perfect example, team full of leaders. You're not even talking about Jalen Brown. You're talking about Ennis Cantor, man. Mm -hmm. He's fighting his own fight in a completely different country. Team full of leaders. His dad was literally imprisoned for years just because of his his name. I mean, the Ennis Cantor, there was he couldn't even leave the country for a while because he could, when we signed him, there were concerns that he wouldn't be able to go to Toronto uh, for even a playoff series, or just in general. Because like, if he left the country, there was a good chance that this Turkish government could go after him and literally like assat like try to kill him. Right. And it's just because he speaks out on their dictator and like their government and what goes on. It's just like, man, that's messed up. Like, it, like, I mean, that, that's saying it lightly. Like, I mean, I can't even imagine like, you know, not being able to see your family, having to see, knowing that your father's in prison for, you know, reasons that you shouldn't be in prison for, like, and the, his using his platform to speak out to, I mean, his father did get released recently, but using his platform to us to spread that message of peace and love and freedom. Not, I mean, he's from Turkey, but doing it in the United States as a whole with everything that's going on. Like, this team 
is just built on leaders. And I think that's also kind of what separates them from other teams in the NBA. Like there's just so many mature, mature, I mean, mature players that are well beyond their years. And I say that uh, more directly to Jalen Brown and the guy's 23 and he's doing what he's doing. Like, that's just like, he's so young and he's doing things that, You'd he's think 23, that. man. Think about that and how he's battling think about off he's doing, the court. Doing what he's doing, think what he's doing at 23 and imagine what he'll be doing in 15, 20 years from now. Seriously. Like, it's just incredible. You, you, you have to think of past players like Bill Russell. And you would I was, think – I was just thinking You that. would think he's – him and especially the other guys on this team are making him proud. Like, Bill Russell was a big fighter for civil rights and everything, man. You would just have to think Bill Russell is loving what he's seeing out of this team. Mm-hmm. And you can't be a Boston Celtic without having that, I guess you could say, the soul or the energy that Bill Russell has, man. You just can't. And you saw it with the relationship with KG. If you ever look up videos of them, oh, they had such a close relationship, man. And, you know, I think that's what even motivated I, – I know I'm going a little off topic here, but – I think that's what even motivated KG more, just seeing who Bill Russell was. And really, like, if those players want to be – if they want to be as outspoken as they are and they want to keep doing this fight, a good role, role model to look at is Bill Russell. Yeah, no, I think that is a perfect example of someone you want to embody yourself and your character. Embody, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, no, it's just like he – it's like he walked – he – he set the pathway for people like Jalen Brown, for even Ennis Cantor, just for doing what he's doing, like for Turkey, for the United States. It's just, it's incredible. And it's, I don't want to keep going in circles, but it's just like the ty- these types of things that happen make me proud to be a Celtics fan. It makes me proud Agreed. to say that we have these guys on our team. Because like on the court, they're special players, but off the court, they're Special human special, beings. Special human beings. I don't even think special is the word. Like it's just extraordinary. Every anything word in the dictionary. Every word in the dictionary you could think of that you can say highly about someone like that's who they are. So I applaud Jalen Brown. I'm happy he's using his voice. People might say what they want about the whole jersey thing, but the fact that he's not afraid to stand up, say what he feels like is right, can't ask for much more. So Going into our last topic, this is really – this isn't, like, as big as anything else we've talked about. But the NBA released a uh, – the season restart scrimmage schedule. So there's three games that each team – I believe each team will play three games, uh, three scrimmage games before the season starts. Just, you know, just to kind of get the ball rolling, get these players more uh, warmed up for the regular season coming back. Because they only have a month of training camp. I mean, it only really opened up not even a week ago. The Celtics are our, our back center for players to come back and work out. So it's like they really aren't going to have much time to, you know, get going, get warmed up. But they released a schedule, and the Celtics are playing the Oklahoma City Thunder on July 24th, the Phoenix Suns on July 26th, and then the Houston Rockets on July 28th. And then I believe their first game is against Milwaukee. I believe that is on July 31st. So they will have three games to play. Uh, in the week prior to the regular season actually starting, then they'll have three days off between the game, Houston game and the Milwaukee game. So, uh, we, I mean, we kind of, like, figured that they were going to do this, have these preseason scrimmage games. Uh, I mean, It's they, well needed. It, it is very much well needed. I'd ask you, Ryan, like, you know, who, who do you think is going to win this and that? I, I think this is more of just one of those, like, um, these games don't matter. <laughs> no, they don't. no, they don't matter. They really. All. So it's not like, I mean, I'm not going to say like, I think they'll win all three. Like I genuinely do not care whether they win or lose these games. Um, it's just like, I want to be able to see them play. I want to see them be healthy and I want to see them avoid any injuries. I want to be able, I'm hoping that's the biggest thing. It's like, I mean, just with the regular season too, like our biggest fear right now at least for me, besides, you know, besides getting sick, of course, the biggest fear is that these players are going to step right back in and then they're rusty or they're, they're not NBA ready and then they're going to suffer some injuries. So hopefully these games will kind of give players some time to, you know, warm up, get their muscles going, get their legs, uh, get their legs warmed up. 
and get ready for the regular season. So uh, do, you, do you have any thoughts on these scrimmage games, and uh, what are you looking forward to the most? Like, what are you expecting to see out of the Celtics in these three games? I just pray to God no one gets hurt. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, just I, agree. I just pray no one gets hurt. It would be so upsetting if we get to that point and one of our best players just gets hurt. I think the – Everyone needs it. Every team that's going to be there needs it. It has to happen before you even do the regular season game. If you just hop into regular season games and games that have meaning to it, it, it it's going to affect them. It's going to affect their how they play, the wins, losses, everything like that. So you really need the scrimmages. Uh, I like the teams they're doing it against. You said it's Phoenix and then it's Oklahoma City Thunder. And then the third team was Houston, correct? Yes. So – uh, I really want to see that Houston one. I don't think um, our big time players or any really big time players are going to get a lot of minutes. That's good. Yeah, it's going to be. It's, very yeah, it's basically going to be practice, and I feel like these players they're going to come out hot in the games, but I think they're aware at, of what's at stake, so they won't play a hundred percent. But it's really just to get them going, like play 75 80% just to get you into the loop. I think it's really well needed and I think it's a very good idea. Yeah, and honestly too, uh not for nothing, it just uh gets us closer. <laughs> we have basketball games that will be played sooner than the 31st a week before. So it just gives us something to look forward to as well. Uh that the first games on the 24th today is the 6th. So I've never been good at math, but I'm pretty sure that is uh 18 days away. Yeah? Did I, you should be I, a math teacher. No, I shouldn't. No, I sh- no, no, don't say that. Don't Wait, don't wait. Why? I suck at math. <laughs> I went to school for journalism for a reason, but I'm not good at <laughs> all that number stuff. Get out of here. We don't need uh, the numbers except <laughs> we don't if it's need, stats. The numbers, Mason. The numbers. The numbers. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so yeah, a little uh, call me shout out right there. But yeah, we're excited for basketball to come back. Those scrimmage games means that basketball will be back sooner. Um, yeah, the so they're not going to be playing a lot of minutes like Tatum, Brown, uh, Hayward. Like they're not going to be playing much, which is more than <laughs> more the than, numbers, Mason. The numbers, the numbers don't matter in these games, you know. What I mean? Uh, but the numbers will matter when the regular season starts, when the playoffs start, and that's what we're looking forward to the most. Uh, and Wait, yeah. can I – Can I? all right, so I saw a tweet come out, I think it was yes, yesterday or it might have been this morning. It was a tweet about Marcus Smart, my favorite player of all time. Of course. Other than Paul Pierce. Um, and it was asking, what do you believe his overall rating will be in 2K21? I'm just going to throw it out there. He might be a hundred. Like we've never seen a really? hundred before. Yeah, you think so? We've we've never seen it before. I think Marcus Smart has the potential to be a hundred. What was his rating this year? Do you know? Oh, uh, I have no clue. But all seriousness, I think he'll be like an eighty-four. Ah, uh, second. Let me look it up. Let me see. It was. An I think his rating was like an eight. Yeah, I was gonna say and seventy-nine or eighty. The current version of Marcus Smart has an overall two K rating of eighty with a build of a perimeter lockdown, and he has a total of thirteen. Badges for all you 2K uh, 2K heads out there. He's going to be an 84. I think he will be an 82. 82. All right. I'm going to say 82 because I don't know how much more. Another thing too is they change their mechanics like every year, like their rating system. So I don't know how they'll change that. If it's the same, I'm going to say 82 because I feel like the only bumps he'll go up in is like three point shooting, overall offense. Like defense, how much better can it really be? I'm not. I, right. I don't know. I don't know his stats right now, but I can't imagine that it can get much higher than what it is right now. Um, so yeah, you know, I'd float around 82. Uh, it could be 84. Who knows? I mean, this. I feel I've been playing 2K for a good amount of time. Uh, Ronnie 2K uh, and all of them don't really give too much love to the Celtics, but that's all good. It's just a video game. It ain't real life. Ain't no problem. Ain't, ain't no problem no, with that. Ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. <laughs> so, uh, shout out 2K. Shout out Call of Duty. Uh, those are our two video game shout outs. So, uh, chasing banners. Um, also, uh, this is the first time that we're going to be plugging this in. Uh, we officially have a uh, a code that we can be giving Woo! out on our podcast. Uh, one for this and one for our other podcast, Hoops Caviar. If you go hold on let me i want to make sure i'm getting this is our first time doing this so i want to make sure i'm doing it right 
if you go on guybossandsports.com, you go into their shop, and you use the code banners on any of your on any items that you're looking to buy, you will take 10% off your order. Uh, me and Ryan and Evan, who runs the site, who helps us with our podcast, Evan, if you're listening, we love you. Um, we are going to start designing a shirt for Chasing Banners, as well as other designs for the Celtics that we will be looking to put out. Eventually, right now, it's uh, we're not we're not putting anything out. We're just you know working on the designs, and eventually, uh, we will get these shirts being made. But yeah, use code Banner uh, when you go to checkout, and you will save ten percent off of your order. Ryan, that's all I really have to say. Do you have anything else to throw in? Uh, no, that's really much it. Go Celtics, and that's really it. Go Celtics. Shout out to Antoine Walker. Shout out to Kemba Walker. Maybe uh, even Bill Walker. I don't even know what number Bill he was. Bill Walker. I don't know. I, <laughs> hold on a second. I want to make sure. Shout out Bill Walker. Uh, shout out to Marquise Daniels. He was. Shout oh, out Marquise no, Daniels. No. Yo, let's go. Shout out Marquise Daniels. Um, I'm looking at his picture right now. Shane I guess. Larkin. Shout Shane out Larkin Shane was Larkin. number eight. Uh, Marquise Daniels unfortunately wore um, number four for the Celtics. But shout out Marquise. For some reason, I thought he was wearing. Shout it. out Marquise. That was just at the top of my head. Shout out Marquise Daniels, though. Um, Imagine if Shane Larkin was on this year's team, though. That would be pretty nice. That's literally like what I envisioned, like Tremont Waters becoming, like just what Shane Larkin was for us. Like Shane Larkin was awesome. He's tearing he's an up awesome the, dude. Tearing up the Euroleague. He's looking to come back to the NBA actually, but I think he's looking to be more of a you know, not a third string point guard, which I can see. I mean, he's, like I said, he was tearing it up in the EuroLeague, um, but we can save EuroLeague talk for another episode. This was episode eight of Chasing Banners, uh, the, the Walker episode. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Chasing Banners, where you'll find, you know, the links to these episodes. You can also follow our other podcast at Hoops Caviar. That is just our podcast where we talk about all things basketball, not just the Celtics. My name is Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter at Downtown Deck. There you will find the, uh, the handles to both those uh, accounts that I just told you about. And you can also find my blog there. And you can find all of my uh, NBA Celtics-related tweets. And Ryan, uh, I tell you this all the time, but uh, plug your stuff in, my guy. I'm going to plug my stuff in. Plug it in. I am 401 Sheehan on Twitter. Uh, 401 for Rhode Island and S-H-E-E. H-A-N, best Irish name out there. Got to remind y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have my podcast, Sheehan's World, which you can find on that same Twitter account. I think I'm about to do it right after this episode. And, uh, yeah, that's it, man. You can find us on Chasing Banners and, well, what we're doing right now, and Hoops Caviar, which we do every Wednesday night, which is going to be another episode when we get to it. But, uh, yeah, Dante, another great episode, man. Another great episode under our belts. Uh, can't wait for the season to get closer so we actually have some more, you know, relevant stuff, more like we can actually talk about the games and what's happening instead of us predicting what we think is going to happen. But thank you guys for listening. Until next time, peace, love, and happiness. One love. Go Celtics. Peace out, guys. Go Celtics.